0: OM VAKRATUNDA MAHAKAYA SURYA KOTI SAMAPRAVA NIRVIGNAM KURUME DEVA SARVAKARESHU SARVADA SHRI SADGURU BYO OM So as we are moving ahead in our daily contemplation on many aspects of Sanatana Dharma, spiritual ideas, psychological ideas, transformative processes, Uh, enlightenment, staying within enlightenment, all such things. Uh, we continue from where we were yesterday. As a very quick summary, I had mentioned yesterday that the uh, eight limbs of yoga, the Ashtanga, Ashtanga yoga is the eight limbs. So these are step by step or they are processes to uplift the consciousness into Samadhi. Samadhi is a state of total clarity, oneness, unity with God. And there is no uh, illusion left, no differentiation left in Nirvikalpa Samadhi. So there is such a state, there is such such an evolution called Nirvikalpa Samadhi, where the divine light of God, called Akshara Brahma, The Satchidananda Brahma, that divine light, is uh, perceived and then one realizes the Atma also is the same light. So Atma, the word Atma refers to soul, refers to the individualized being that is the soul. But that individualized being is only an individualized being in in the context of the three bodies. So the physical, subtle, and causal body that we have are the coverings around the Atma. So if they are gone, the Atma and the infinite consciousness, the Brahman, are exactly the same. Because it's the same substance, the drop of water and the ocean. Drop of water goes into the ocean, where's the drop of water now? It's it's only the ocean. So in the same way, Once the Atma is realized, so so it's a a transformation or it's a transition from the Jiva, or what is called Jiva Atma state, Jiva state, to the Atmic state. It's a transition. A transition is an interesting one. The Jiva is in the cycle of birth and death birth and death cycle it is called the anvaya swarup in vedanta and also in vachanamrut garada pratham number 7 the anvay vetirek that's what it's called in gujarati anvay vetirek nu vachanamrut so anvay swarup of jiva is that it is stuck inside birth and death birth and death birth and death and the Jiva, jivatma doesn't know what the, what it is. So it considers itself to be the body, the mind, the relations, this world, etc. It's just stuck inside this transmigration cycle. So these words are from Advaita Vedanta, actually. This Anvay and vetirek. I think many people in swaminarayan and Sampradaya probably don't know that, or even in the Vaishnava Sampradaya. They may not know that's where they came from when they are used quite often, or they're used in some places, but it's very interesting. way, we experience this all the time. We experience the dream states, we experience these types of happiness, sattvic happiness, rajasic happiness, tamasic happiness, that's shown on this slide here. Um, we experience this. You know, This is a, again from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 11, 25, 29. That is the uh, reference there, 11th Canto. 11th Skand chapter 25 verse 29. It's referring to the different kinds of sukha. So again keep this in mind that the three gunas, satva, raj tam, or satvik, or sattvagun, rajogun, tamagun, three bodies, physical, subtle, causal, and three states, Jagrat, Sapna shushupti. So they are. In uh, parallel to each other, they, they are connected to each other, you know, so the, so, and, and this is a more profound subject, sometime we'll take it in more, much more depth later on, but in summary form, we can say this, that the three Gunas, Sattva rajo Rajagun, and Tamogun, these three Gunas are uh, different twists and turns of of the, mental apparatus of the energy within the mind and then that's taking different forms. So the three gunas are connect are in alignment with the three bodies. So when Sattva Gun predominates we are mostly awake and we are aware of the physical body. When rajogun predominates we are in the dream state predominantly. But not always. It's not always the case. They they mix also and then uh the subtle body predominates Sukshma Sharida Rojogun and the Subtle Body, you know subtle body, dream state, dream state, Sopna Vasta, sukshma Sharida and this subtle body. and the and the uh, dream dream world. And then Satvik is where we are awake. Jagrata-avastha, physical body and satvagun. Like that. So these so these three 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 they're connected like this. Gunatit means nirguna. Nir means not. So there is happiness or joy. Again, the word happiness is not the right translation really. The word is ananda. That which is divine bliss of God, of the atma. Atma is joy. And that is nirguna. Nirguna in the sense that it's beyond these three gunas. It is a different... Stage of realization completely. And this is discussed in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavad Gita, by the Vedantic Acharyas, by Adi Shankara Acharya, by Ramanuja Acharya, Madhva Acharya, by even in the Bible, it's described in certain ways. This is this is described by everybody in some way or another to go beyond the three evolutes of Maya, Satvagun, Rajagun, Tamagun. And when one is Beyond that, that that remains. And that's where this nirvikalpa samadhi comes into play. So this nirvikalpa samadhi that we have been talking about, we haven't really talked too much about it yet, but that's like the goal in this Ashtanga Yoga, this nirvikalpa samadhi. The word nirvikalpa also means not having any vikalpas. Vikalpas are all these uh, dualistic thoughts. That's all it simply means, Savikalpa and Nirvikalpa. So Savikalpa means there is still some dualism left. In Nirvikalpa, there is no dualism left. And that's what is called Nirvikalpa. So to reach that stage of Nirvikalpa Samadhi, uh, we have been talking about Bhakti. And as Bhakti flourishes further the last point I, I was mentioning yesterday is to firmly proclaim your independence from maya and to for, firmly proclaim that i am the atma i am the brahman i am the consciousness as i mentioned in quite a bit of depth in, in some depth yesterday and and in doing so and in doing so i just want to uh, add to that simply by giving a quotation from Sri Ramana Maharshi, where he said that, the true self is imperishable. Thereupon, when a man finds it, he finds a happiness which does not come to an end. That the Atomic consciousness, the Atomic joy is endless. There is no boundary in that. In the three Gunas, there is a boundary. There's a limitation. Everything has a limitation in the material world. Everything, all enjoyments have some limitation, but not the Atma. And that is what we don't realize. But if we realize that Atma, then there's no limitation. Now, along those lines, there's something I want to mention here. These are actually the 30 attributes of of an enlightened sage. Enlightened sages have infinite number of attributes. But these 30 are discussed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam... Uh, it discusses these, in, it illustrates them for the purpose of exposition, because it's a way of giving some indication to people what those attributes are. Why are these attributes important? They're important because they connect with these nine forms of devotion beautifully, which I'll talk about in just a moment. And they also lead to this state that we talked about yesterday, that Atyanta sukham anush, Ashnute, Ashnute, Atyantam Sukham Ashnute, the last uh, part of this verse, that really, you know, just like endless happiness, you begin to border upon that and then come upon that. Now, to do that, to come upon that, the fundamental criteria is to transcend the limitations of the three gunas. You know, so look at what, see what that looks like. I, as I gave an example, the in the in the gunatit state beyond the three gunas everything looks equal you know for a man heterosexual man a, a very attractive form or a very uh, unattractive form looks equal if you hold dust in one hand and a million dollar diamond or gold in another hand it looks equal it is not treated equally in terms of the world worldly function but in the vision of the individual, there's no pulling back and forth. It's all seen as just part of the earth. Every human being is seen as equal. It's just all forms of prakriti. So all of the divisiveness that is within the three gunas disappears. Even though one is aware of the differentiation, one is not caught in the differentiation, and hence the nirguna happiness the nirguna ananda nirguna ananda you might want to say the joy that is beyond the three gunas comes into one's purview that this joy is me this is the reality not this not this mixed experiences of the three gunas now what are those three gunas and what are the what the three gunas are we talked about but you can see in this slide here the very easy way to understand the kind of sukha that comes from the three gunas so the tamasik sukha or happiness pleasure derived from narcotics alcohol cigarettes meat products violence sleep also just just more and more sleep that is tamasik you see uh, you'll notice that gambling is not mentioned there because gambling is not really tamasik it's rajasik you know the pleasure derived from the senses and the mind it's a mental it's a process So that falls underneath there the other drugs alcohol cigarettes uh you know the uh, tasty non-vegetarian products those kinds of things that really a person gets very um you know uh, uh, attached to that it's a mixture it's not just tamsik, it's rajasik and tamsik with different masalas and all those kinds of you see endless number of restaurants are there and the whole world is running after that god knows how many there And, and i'm not criticizing it please note sachin here is not criticizing anything we're just explaining what is going on this is the nature of the sansar you know people there's those who want to just criticize the sansar criticizing the sansar is not not, not any uh, of benefit it is recognizing its nature and then recognizing its limitation and by recognizing its limitation one can begin the journey to discover the nirguna ananda the nirguna happiness I hope that makes sense. You know, otherwise, in many people's mind, it's like, well, okay, you see somebody smoking a cigarette, you know, and then I'm not smoking a cigarette. I never took a cigarette in my life. So again, it's me versus you. I'm better than you. Immediately, one is caught inside Satvik ahankar. So there is an ego attached to all three of these gunas. You know, Sachin has never smoked a cigarette in his life. True. So if I see somebody chain smoking or with a pack of cigarettes somewhere on the street or whatever, immediately what does my mind do as a, in the normal in our, in our usual Mike frame? What does it do? It says, oh, thank God I don't smoke. You know, or I immediately differentiate myself from that person. I'm different from that person. That person is down here. I'm a little bit above that person. That's what it feels like. That's called Sattvic Ahankar. See, Rajsik ahankar is what kind? Rajsik ahankar is where let's say you go to a restaurant and you and you order chicken tikka masala or some special dish that you really want, you like that dish. You know? And then when you start eating it, you say, Wow, this is awesome. I really like it. I really like it. That is called Rajsik Ahankar. So the ego differentiates into the Raj Satvik, Rajsik, and sik in the Utpatti Sarga. Inside the creative process from the Akshara Brahman downwards all the way to the material world and ants and bugs and everything else, oh, there is the dividing process of Ahankar. <coughs> so that dividing process of Ahankar, uh, we experience that. And we experience you know the enjoyments of different kinds. Uh, that is the Sikh enjoyment. Uh, and um, that is very powerful. Most of the people in the world are in that rajsik state 90 percent 80 to 90 percent many are also in the Tamsik state there's a mixture 90 90 95 percent of the world is the mixture of this rajsik and Tamsik uh, uh, phenomena uh, rajsik and ta- uh, Tamsik gunas most of the sunset is like that uh, there's only maybe five percent people five to ten percent and we're just putting a number like that relatively low percent that is really in the sattvic mode even when people are awake, they're not even in the sattvic mode that much. It's mostly Rajogun activity. You know, The another kind of uh, Rajogun activity uh, is uh, the sexual gratification. So that is another very intense process. You can see all that pornography and everything developing. And then there's also people who are just Interested in only one thing. They don't even live their normal life. Usually they just want to see the bank account Just increase 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 So that is sikh also, you know So that is okay. There's nothing wrong with any of it I'm not criticizing any of it, but that is a guna of of, of the mind that just to see that number increase is the only goal and the Person doesn't not concern about anything else. There are some individuals of that type Um, again One may have all of these. Now, here's the interesting part about this, that there could be this expansion of the uh, uh, Rajoguni experience, Sattvoguni experience, or Tamoguni experience. There may be expansion of all of that, or there may be even the interaction with it. But the recognition of its limitation is essential for opening the door into the Nirguna state. It doesn't mean one stops one's businesses or activity or studying like sattvic literature you know like a, like in my case, you know I like to study lots of philosophy and things like that. Uh, well, the only thing I, the thing to, to watch out for is there ego behind it. The same thing is true with the other things you know you may say that yes, I like to have some particular food, but the but the running after the experience is where the problem really comes into play or the problem can happen because of that. You know, then that's where the entanglement happens. Otherwise, the food is just a food. You enjoy it for some time. It's a wave on the ocean. These gunas are like the waves on the ocean. So they are there and they are not something that one uh, pays too much attention to. They're there, okay. You know, but at the same time, there isn't just the running after that particular experience and, and then getting lost in it, usually to the point of damaging oneself. To the point of hurting oneself or damaging oneself, you know. So those kinds of things should be watch out for. That yes, we can have we need sleep. For example, so sleep is a tamasic activity, you know. But at the same time, that, that sleep that is in the tamogun that has some purpose. But at the same time, that may transform into Yoganidra. you know. So so each experience in the tamogun can transform into a yogic experience. And that's a big subject, also uh, about tantra and all the Left-handed tantra about meat and cigarettes and alcohol and all narcotics and all that. That's a, we'll talk about some other time. We can cover tantra. The same thing is true with the rajogun. Rajogun is there. You get the the sense enjoyment. So so sense enjoyments are there. Food enjoyments are there. Certainly all different kinds. Nice clothes. That's another part of it. You know. Then there's also a lot of um, I mean, a lot of drive for 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 this for progressing in the sansar with positions, different positions in different organizations, or in your own organization. That drive is there for position, uh, or in the politics like that. That becomes a driving force. That is all rajoguni. And of course, the very deeply ingrained sexual desire and the desire for. More and more just money accumulated. So that accumulation that is called Rajogun. The the, the feeling that comes, you know, and, and again I'm not criticizing it at all. There's no criticism of any of just a description of what happens. That if someone has a thousand dollars in the bank account and now that becomes fifty thousand or hundred thousand, the feeling wow, that wow feeling comes, oh, this is good, more security, more possibility. It depends how you look at it, right? That's the way it goes. Uh, but then at the same time the ego behind it can come that i am something much beyond all these other people you know then the ego comes into play then power comes into play if that's where the real problem is it like it's not about money money if, if more money comes it's a grace of god why not use it in the best way you know for, for benefit but if it go becomes ego gets entangled ahankar you know then that's where the trouble begins for the individual the person gets bound that way the same thing is true, something like with clothes. You know, some people have just they just keep buying new clothes, hundreds of pieces or new shoes and different things like this. This is all Rajsik Ahankar. And it becomes a massive bondage. But of course, those people who are involved in that, they don't think of it as bondage. No, not at all. They they, they will say, no, I just want more of that. That's it. And that's my life. And so if that's the case, that's I mean, that's up to each his own. You know, but that will not, according to our scriptures and according to the sages, there is a limitation there. So those who have seen the limitations of the three gunas, and particularly getting bound inside the three gunas, that's, those who have seen that, that perception is jnana, that perception will then open the door into the search for the nirguna state. The nirguna state is a realization. It's a a realized state. It is not a state where also one is rejecting the experiences of the three gunas. The experiences of the three gunas are there, but they are not penetrating inside or strengthening the causal body. The karana sharira is not strengthened at all by the three gunas and their experiences when one is in an awakened state of interaction. There are many verses in the Bhagavad Gita that explain this, which we will talk about some other time. But one of the ones that comes into my mind right away is, It means that you are interacting with the multitude of the sansar. See this state. There's multitude of interaction, at the same time there is phenomenal freedom. That freedom is never lost, and there is no accumulation of karma. But there is interaction in the three gunas. One may sleep, one may have, even somebody might say, I want to have some alcohol and all that, they might have some alcohol, although many gurus would say no to that, or some other things like this. Somebody will say, "Oh, well, I want to have some Sikh experience. They may have a Sikh experience, but it's not that they are necessarily wanting a Sikh experience to be happy. The Sikh experience occurs on the substratum of happiness. This is a much more difficult thing to understand. It's very difficult to understand that because we are not in that Nirguna state. Once we come to the Nirguna state, then... That idea, can then that state can be recognized that yes, we can interact with with objects of the senses without getting stuck in them. People have tried to do that without getting into the Nirguna state and they get into a lot of uh, difficulty with it. So it doesn't generally happen. So then what the gurus have stated, many of them have stated, just stay away from the senses, keep some boundaries and things like that and then try to realize the Nirguna state. Yes, that's fine. That certainly could be a possibility, but it, the real, in reality, it is the interaction with everything in the world in its right way, with viveka deciding what to take, what to not, what to ta- put in the body, how much to say, what not to say, what all of that viveka comes about. That discriminative ability comes about, and from that discriminative ability, um, one remains free. So the freedom that one has tasted one never gives that up and this is the whole point that that's where this verse we were looking at yesterday number 28 from the bhagavad gita chapter number six you know that the yogi uh kalma shaha, yogi vigata kalma shaha, that the freedom from all of the sins and problems and attachments and all this mess that is inside the blockages as we mentioned yesterday that freedom is touched in the nirguna state. Now, one might wonder—you know—there's always this question comes about how, how to do this, how to do this, how to do this. Well, well, that's where, that's where, uh, as I mentioned in the Vachanamrut from Vachanamrutam yesterday, uh, there are several things mentioned here. The Navdha Bhakti is mentioned. You know, the nine forms of devotion are definitely mentioned here. That that is a way of overcoming the mind, or controlling the mind, or winning over the mind. And then the senses, the vairagya, vādārma, tap, and niyam, these four ideas are basically putting certain boundaries around the experience of the senses. That's the sadhana. But remember one thing, that when we are trying to realize God, or the atma, the qualities of sadhuta, saintly qualities, are a prerequisite. Nobody can come out of it. If it, it unless this prerequisite is there. The realization of the atma is not going to be there. It's just not going to happen. It's like mathematics. You know, if you want to get to differential equations, you have to learn trigonometry and calculus and all those preliminary subjects before you get to differential equations to understand what that is in mathematics. Same thing is true in medical sciences. Before you become a specialist, you become a general practitioner. Or whatever the criteria is, and then you know so much other criteria is there. Similarly, before the atma is realized, these thirty qualities have to be there, all of them. Even if one of them is missing, it, even to the slightest level, the atma will not be realized. And that's the that's an unfortunate. I mean, that, fortunate or unfortunate, that's the that's the truth according to the scriptures and the experience of the sages. You know, just because a person takes strict rules and niyams and and is looking like a sadhu from the outside, that is not the definition of a sadhu. This is the definition of a sadhu right here. Uh, You know, so 30 qualities. Now, what are they? See the qualities. The first one is Krupalu, (laughs) interestingly enough. One who selflessly showers grace upon others. That is, what a state that is. To be in that state 24 hours a day. That these 30 attributes of a, of a true sadhu are such that they are present 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and there's no coming out of it. When such a stage is realized, that is a prerequisite for the atma. You know, just simply saying that I am the atma is not going to. I mean, that's fine. We can, as I said yesterday, we can firmly put ourselves into that position. That's called Atmanishtha. Or I can decide to put myself into this, this position that I have these 30 attributes. I am in that. That So by that's the via negativa approach, as I mentioned yesterday. So if you look at the great sages like Ramakrishna, Paramahansa, Vivekananda Swami, Sajanand Swami, you look at so many, like, like Sai Baba, or whoever you believe in, whoever it might be, Guru Nanak, etc. Whoever it is, you say, that is me. That's who I am. That's a belief, just by saying that that is me that isn't, it doesn't mean I'm evolved like that, just like that. No, I, I, I resonate with that. I believe that. And then in that in that nishta, in that intense belief, there are these thirty attributes. and then then I say, say that these thirty attributes that are in these sages are in me. This is what this is why enlightenment doesn't occur for most of the people on the spiritual path. Because they don't bring the gurus inside. The guru is not the physical form outside. The physical form is just a manifestation. But what's inside the physical form? It's these 30 things. Just look at the, just the first one. Krupalu, one who selflessly showers grace upon others. Constantly, there is grace. There's not a single moment when that is not the case. That's the first one. Look at the second one. One who does not harm any living being, right? No sense of harm. The harm is also different types. Physical, mental, verbal. None of that is present. You know, sometimes we get upset with somebody. That's a harm. Sometimes we think slightly negative about somebody. That's a harm. Sometimes we get angry towards somebody. That's harming that being and oneself. So the second quality here is that one who does not harm any living being all living beings there is only non-violence towards them that is a definite if there is any violent tendency of any kind even verbally say, to say something that hurts somebody else, that's a type of violence these are the qualities you know. but God realization is not something somebody can buy or the Atma realization is not something that somebody can purchase or just by giving donations to religious organizations doesn't mean that this is going to happen. That's a fact. It is, these are the qualities. The sadhu is by these qualities only. Nothing else. So, here we go. The look at the third one. Titikshu. One who remains equiposed in all situations. Such as in the dualities of praise and insult, happiness and misery, hunger, thirst. That's the, that's the Pragna state. But one who is titiksha the tikshu. See the third qualities. Look at the fourth one. One One whose strength comes from satya, that which is actually going on. One does not distort truth or move away from that in any elusive way or any egotistical way. Sees the truth as it is. That is called satyam. Look at the fifth one. One who is devoid of jealousy and other vices. You know? See somebody else is greater somewhere in some dimension where we are. Oh, some jealousy comes. If if that is even there in the slightest, Atma can never be seen. Impossible. It will never ever happen in a million years. If, if, if there is one fault, even to the slightest extent, Atma will never be realized. Not at all. So, because it because that is it pulls you straight into the into the three gunas you know everything that is not these 30 qualities is part of the three gunas look at the next one shama some which means one who views others with equality seeing all on the same framework with equanimity equality equanimity is there, but equality is there do we do that Look at what the sun said. We see only differentiation. We see differentiation. But internally, the sadhu sees everybody in the same platform. Tremendous. Look at the next one, number seven. One who does does only good to others. He's only showering goodness towards others. 100% of the time. Not 99%. Look at the next one. Dant. One who... One whose indriyas are restrained. Again, this should not be misunderstood. It doesn't mean like an artificial control. It means that the indriyas have naturally turned inside. They're not going outside to find happiness. They're just remaining within. The energies are within. It doesn't mean like you're forcibly restraining. It, it, it doesn't mean like that. That's not. If you do that, that's going to create reaction. Look at the next one. Mrudu. Gentle nature. Very gentle. Very soft. It's because there's so much... Joy from within in all of this. This is where the real happiness is. Look at the next one, Shuchi. One who's inner and one who one with inner and outer purity. We've been taught, I mentioned that a couple of times about the purification inside the mind with the Navda Bhakti, nine forms of devotion. See, the nine forms of devotion lead to all of this. You know, people ask, what is the fruit of spirituality? What is the what is the goal of spirituality? What are we going to gain? You know, everybody wants to gain something, right? There's always this drive to get something. Well, this is what you're going to get. If you want this, but first of all, one needs to want this. Who wants this? I'm a, show me somebody in this world who really wants this thing. There are people. But to try to go after this is also tricky. Then that's where the sadhana and nada bhakti and all these things come into, into play. But, but see the state. This is a state of realization. How to get there is a different matter. But again, as I mentioned yesterday, there is that process, you know, step-by-step, path-oriented approach, and then there's the backdoor approach that J. Krishnamurti talks about. He may not talk about these 30 qualities or give this reference, but he's talked also about these same kinds of things in a different way. What is the backdoor approach? We read these 30 qualities, remember all the gurus, remember all the great sages, remember all the great scriptures, and declare to yourself this is who I am that that is a shock to the mind the mind will be my god mind doesn't know what to do with this you know just think about that to to, to have inner purity to be in truth all the time to not harm anyone at all to have outer purity one without any worldly no worldly desire is gone doesn't mean one is not performing activity, but the desire to find happiness from the outside world is totally gone. What would that mean? The mind doesn't know what to do with this. that is why the mind will naturally settle down back into the atma when we are when the when it when there is total absorption and resonance of the 30 attributes of a true sadhu right within oneself that absorption of the attributes is the essence of spiritual pathless path let's put it that way it's an absorption it's not about trying to reach this understand it see what it is feel it look at the lives of the sages and declare that's me Again and again declare that's me. The mind will automatically subside. That's the via negativa approach. This term via negativa, I heard that first in dialogues that uh, J. Krishnamurti had with various individuals. You know, and I think there's one actually with Professor Houston or something. That's really where I, I think I may have heard that the first time. It's an extraordinary dialogue. Uh, and, and, and I'm trying to kind of pull the pieces together of how to do the traditional work but at the same time there is a there is really a backdoor approach here now i do want to explain that a bit more if one says that this is me through the gurus and all that all of that is just inside of me then that is where just staying in that state is the sadhana in that sense it's just holding on to what you have decided that you are that if i if i say that take just the first one to have selfless grace on all i read that sentence that sentence it has some meaning to me i go into the sentence and i go to the lives of all the great sages how they lived what they taught and then i and then i absorb it and and keep attention on that quality of krupalu that i is showering grace again and again again and again and then I resonate that this is me. That state of showering grace, that's me. That state of the three gunas is not me. That is Viveka. That is how the that is how the one step realization occurs. The one step realization is really the only step, the first step is the last step. So the one step realization occurs when there is the absorption of the quality. First, verbally and through scriptures and gurus and teachers and all that on the outside, and all the incarnations of God on the outside, and you bring them on the inside. You just deliberately bring them and say, "This is me. This is me. I am this. I am not this. The three gunas are there, but I am not them. They are in me, but I am not them." This is spiritual mastery. That is leads to the siddha state. Three gunas are there. You can see their movement coming and going, coming and but that's not me. I am these thirty qualities. This is who I am. So, so the mind, it's, it, it has Viveka within it. The, the discriminative ability, what I am, what I am not. I am the Atma. I want to realize the Atma. The 30 qualities are the bridge to the Atma. Amazing. It's absolutely wonderful. And where is this done? It's done in the present, throughout the day. In every situation, every interaction, this viveka is brought out with, from within. That is why we're doing the daily satsang. Whoever is listening to this now or later, it is to. This is all to be done in the present. It's not tomorrow. It's not day after tomorrow. When I become old and all that kind of people think that they'll do all this when they when they have become you know in old age and retirement and all that. Do it at any time. But do it. And and, if, and again, resonance. Look at the next quality. Number eight. One, one whose indriyas are restrained. We, uh, okay, now, what did we say there? Yeah, the, number eight. One whose mind is not disturbed by indulging in the vishayas. See, the vishaya interaction continues. We eat food, water, clothing, shelter. We go for walks. We go to different restaurants. Sometimes we may that might happen with some people who go to restaurants somebody might go to see a movie somewhere you might do so many things in this world go to a party whatever but there is no disturbance and as the eighth quality says there who's there's no disturbance by interacting with the vishayas well again you know if we, if we were to do a thorough exposition on these 30 qualities we could do do an exposition on each one of them for a whole month, or even a whole year, or even multiple years. You know, there has been no end to the exposition and uh, expounding upon these qualities. But nonetheless, we don't have that much time, so we have to use short time to realize the truth. Natsi number nine. One who's in indri- the, uh, number nine is, uh, again, yeah, one who's in indri- there is a return, we talked about that. Brudu gentle nature. Suchi, one with internal, uh, external purity, then uh, Akinchena, one without any worldly desire, then uh, Aniha, that is one without any desire for worldly gain. so, So, see what happens when the atma is realized. This is all going towards the atma. As as the inner wealth begins to open up, the running after things on the outside, it diminishes substantially the worldly gain idea it becomes almost meaningless for the person he may have like like king janaka and others they were massively wealthy but there was no sense of running after anything and those people who are just living an ordinary life they can be wealthy from within so the wealth is an internal realization yeah we need to have certain food clothing shelter the functionally we need to have the you know the proper uh, opportunity to live in this world and to realize this so, so that part is, is definitely needed. But other than that, the running after the world, worldly gains, stops. The one who one who's, I, I'm trying to find a word to say, yeah, one without any desire for worldly gain. That is there. Then look at this next one. The next one is bhuka. One who eats in moderation. The, again, exactly the right amount of food is eaten. Not too much, not too less. Again, Shanta is the next one, one whose mind is restrained again, they use the these transitions are like this i would not I would stay away from the idea of restraining. I would simply say that it is a natural silence. shanta is natural st- silence next one is steed, one who is equipopos very important equanimity among all situations in life because he's realized that the whole thing is temporary, It's like a bubble, so if everything is like a bubble we are still interacting with it but we realize that there is the eternal real eternal spirit and and again like i mentioned actual realization of the atma is the goal not just ideas not just concepts actually to realize these 30 qualities begin to flower within the individual like a flower that blossoms up you know in all the temples we offer flowers right we offer roses and and different jasmine flowers and and all chameli flowers so many different kinds of flowers we offer in pujas we offer to to ganesha to shiva uh, we offer the uh, Bail patra to the shiva we offer all different kinds of kinds of flowers to all the deities hindu deities why it's for this reason only well i wouldn't i wouldn't say only but this is the one of the major reasons each flower offered is so that we can flower from within into these 30 qualities qualities. These 30 qualities can blossom from within. <clears throat> and that blossoming is ananda. That blossoming is where joy comes into being. Okay, so and if you go through all of this, you'll see that, but maybe we can finish it tomorrow. But <clears throat> you know, one who takes refuge only in God. See, that's that bhakti idea again. Taking total refuge in God. Relying completely on God. What a state that is. Tremendous state. See, taking refuge, Sharanagati. Taking refuge, like a child taking refuge at the mother or father. We'll cover the rest of these tomorrow. But these are the 30 attributes of a great saint. saint. So again, what do these 30 attributes do to the Shadrippu? They... Obliterated it. it, transform it, all of them, the Shadripu is transformed, the Kam, Krodh, Lob, Moham, Madha and Matsarya gets transformed and then one goes beyond the Urmis into the Atma, when the Atma is actually realized, all of this, all of the um, Urmis and all the difficulties, one is de-identified with them completely, and that's what that is, so then, again, getting back to this quotation from J. Krishnamurti that we talked about yesterday, this is a sentence <clears throat> spoken from the enlightened state. So we begin to have that intelligence. We begin to live in that supreme intelligence where there is no resistance, energy is existing, and the great intelligence begins to operate on thought and emotion and memory and all the all of that. Okay, so let's continue forward here and continue our sadhana.